Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Jackie Homan is my guest right now. She's the president of the Greenwich Patriots and wrote a piece that caught my attention last week in the Connecticut Sentinel that I think is very interesting, especially along the themes of some of the stuff that's going on with the uh, trans movement and kids and the book. You know, we're always accused of book banning. Jackie Homan, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Let me focus on book banning because I love, you know, CBS was running a story a couple of weeks ago. We had our local Fox affiliate here that did book. There's no book banning that's going on. There's no book banning. There are inappropriate books that you're going to highlight, like this one that's in an elementary school library, which shouldn't be there. But that's just uh, an issue of whether or not that material is appropriately put in there for ages, right? Correct. Well, I, I would actually, you know, take a step back. There actually has been book banning. It's just titles that you haven't heard about. It's some older Dr. Seuss titles have been banned and pulled from the shelves. Yeah, good point, but, right? Um, right, but not the books that you would think would be the ones that would be pulled. Well, let's talk about the big bathhouse and what happened out there in Connecticut, Jackie. Well, you know, we've been on a bit of a mission for the last several years after we started discovering a number of inappropriate books in our school. So we've been kind of paying attention to new books as they come out and new controversies as they come out. And we've identified over at, at least five dozen books that I think would raise a lot of people's eyebrows. And so this is only the latest in that series of books, but this one was really surprising because of the content and the fact that it was in an elementary school. And, you know, we had a couple of parents reach out to us that were just absolutely stunned that their children would have access to a book that basically glorified bathhouse culture. Sure, it might be different in Japan than it is in the States, but it's a pretty shocking idea to present to young children, you know, potentially as young as five years old. And then second of all, the, the way that the, the book was done, while the images were very tasteful and artful, they depicted full frontal nudity and children, naked children playing with naked adults, and you could see all of the details. And we had a couple of parents who had young boys who said, what if my son came home with this book? What would he be asking? I don't know if I'm prepared to answer this. How could this just be available to kids without parents knowing it? Yeah. And that's that's the question. Like how 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 does this happen? So this right? is on this book in particular is on the American Library Association's list of notable best books for younger readers, pre-kindergarten through um, second grade. Right now, culturally, you you alluded to this. Sure, th- this is something that may be appropriate, and it's certainly I think part of their culture in Asia, but. It's confusing to little kids. I have an eight-year-old, and I'm trying to imagine what she would do. And she's able to grasp a lot of things, but I'm looking at the pictures in this book. They're just not age-appropriate, not for K through, you know, second grade. Correct. Correct. 
I mean, it was, it's really shocking. And what the American Library Association says is that if, if you think that that's inappropriate, then you're a prude or some kind of squeamish American. They actually mock you if you're uncomfortable with it, which is even more shocking. Well, so right? here's, here's the, the guy. The whole, yeah, here's a guy that quote Dan Kleiman, who is with the World Library Association. The book by itself seems to be a respectful depiction of a cultural event in a foreign country where nudity in a communal bath setting is normal. I would accept that as being true, except that that doesn't make it appropriate for young kids, right? Right, right. That's right. And But it's, you know, I think what, what Kleiman continued to say was that while it may be appropriate there, it's certainly not the norm in America and in an elementary school setting. It just violates all common sense and community standards. Jackie, let's talk about another book that the American Library Association recommends. This book is called Deal With It. It's by an author by the name of Esther Drill. You want to highlight this one? I, there are so many of these books. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with that one in particular. I was I was actually just looking at genderqueer today because the, the an association that um, some English teachers in the area belong to at the National Association of English Teachers called the NCTE is uh, teaching a webinar next week for the book Genderqueer and how to include that in the curriculum and pedagogy in school. And uh, that was kind of where I was focused well, today. You know, I'll, I'll explain, yeah, I'll explain the books that I just referred to in a second, but let's talk about Genderqueer. One of the criticisms that I have of all the media coverage of Genderqueer, and I've had some here in St. Louis in our local paper, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, look, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, they always write about this book. You know what they never, ever do? They never put the actual images of the book in their stories. And by the way, technologically, that's super easy for a newspaper to do these days. They could do it in just a couple of keystrokes, right? But they never do that. They never want to show people exactly what's depicted in the book for kids. So, again, I don't really care. if you're. I, I could probably make the case that high school, this might be age appropriate. But not for kids my daughter's age, and they're pushing this in elementary schools. Correct. Correct. We actually just had a meeting in the town of Greenwich with the League of Women Voters about quote-unquote book banning, and one of the women from the League of Women Voters was there advocating for that book, Genderqueer, and said that she would absolutely give it to someone as young as fourth grade and thought that it would be very instructional and would have been useful for her own son. And I happened to be in that meeting, and I happened to have checked out the copies of Genderqueer from the library, and I happened to have the book opened up to you know that page. And I held up the book and showed it to people because no one had seen what the book was and that what that picture was in the room. That's my and point. It was shocking. Yeah. Look, there are people I, I'm fully convinced that there are people who are uh, they consider themselves Democrats. They would probably never vote for a Republican. And they hear about this stuff in the media and they think, oh, you Republicans are just a bunch of prudes. But they don't know all the information because they're protected from the information. And I think the people that are distributing the information in the legacy media, they know that if they were completely honest with people about what is in these books, and it's not like the worst thing ever. It's just about the appropriateness right. for these ages. And by the way, if she said that about her fourth right. grader, it would be instructive to her fourth grader. Forgive me if you would just for a moment, Jackie, if her fourth grader wants yeah. to suck on the penis of another fourth grader, because that's exactly what's depicted in that book. Correct. Actually, actually, it's a fake one, right? It's a strap-on, is, is right, to be right. more accurate, yeah, well, which is even more shocking and confusing for a young kid to understand. That's exactly right. So when it came to, to this, um, in your group, I don't know much about the Greenwich Patriots, but this is something that you guys are trying to maybe expose just a little bit, as other groups across the country mm-hmm. are, Jackie? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, we were, we've been shocked at the, the kind of books that we found that provide detailed instruction on how to perform sex acts, upload it to the internet, share it, get likes, find other people and adults that think like this, that glorify pornography. It just goes on and on. And I, I don't think that I would believe it if I hadn't investigated it myself and saw it with my own eyes. And I was just really shocked. The book that I referred to is called Deal With It. That's Esther Drill. It was uh, by right. the aforementioned Dan Kleinman, who is the founder of the WLA, the World Library Association. He um, offers that as one of the best of the year for reluctant young readers. Now, this is a book that describes masturbation, oral sex, anal sex, orgasms. There's graphic nudity. <laughs> there's alternative sexualities. It's rated. It's actually rated, not for minors. And this guy from the World Library Association says, you know what? That's a pretty good book for reluctant young readers, right? right. And, that, and that's the book. By the way, the New York school system bought that book for all of its schools, all of its schools for not just high schools, right? And, and that's what's going on out there. So that's if you, uh, you know, remove a book like that from a elementary school library, you're a book banner. That's all you are. I, I think you would be hard-pressed to actually get a book like that out because they would argue that it's inclusive. And, you know, if you remove it, then you're not being very inclusive of everyone that might be there. It is stunning to me. You know, people ask me all the time, and I've mentioned this, uh, Jackie, you might be able to appreciate this. How much, Mark, you're a talk show host, how much show prep do you do? And I say, well, I don't really have to do any these days because between the politicians <laughs> and the idiocy that surrounds stories like this, it all is gifted to me. Jackie Holman, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a great week. Thanks so much, Mark. Have Obviously. a good one, too. Audio cut of the day coming up. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.